Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty After Dark, second coaching episode of the week. Uh, we finally are past the Super Bowl. I'm here with my boy Dale, my buddy Dale. You can find us over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin or on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dale. Pretty good Super Bowl last night, you know, it kind of stinks that it came down to a, a penalty in the last play, but, you know, mm-hmm. just the fact that the the Chiefs were able to bring it back, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, I, I tuned out of a lot of the third quarter because um, right. I thought that Mahomes was cooked and I did not want to watch the halftime special, so I kind of just went and did other stuff for a little <laughs> while. Um, and I came back right. and I was like, what in the world is this? They're coming back, scoring nonstop. I was like, dang. It's actually a game still. Okay, all right. And then Chiefs end up winning, so um, mm-hmm. congrats to him. You know, I, I was kind of – it's funny. I, I predicted him to win by a, a field goal, so not too bad. That is true, yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on the final result, I'm not too surprised. Um, I mean, I'm surprised they had a halftime def- – a 10-point a, a halftime deficit, but still. It, it was it was a very good game, and it, and, it, and it was definitely a master class by Andy Yes, it was. Oh my goodness, the the mm-hmm. adjustments that because that's one one thing Andy Reid is famous yes. for is not adjusting, yes. right? So yes, um, yes. <laughs> just to see just to see that from him, uh, it's pretty impressive. And you know, now mm-hmm. Matt Nagy is Super Bowl coach. Matt Nagy, you know, he's he's Whoa. a good he's Whoa. a good coach, right? He's got a he's got a couple Super Bowl no. rings now, I think, on the back of yeah, I guess Patrick Mahomes. So. Um, no, yeah. it was a pretty good game. You know, I, people are talking about that as one of the best Super Bowl games of all time. I'm like, I don't know if I can go that far. You know, I still thought it was very it was solid, good. and, and it, it was it was very back and forth. It had a lot of different moments in there that made it special. It was good, but I mean, the 28 to three will always go down as the best Super Bowl of Whoa. all time. I mean, that is just well, that's that's different like but that's then in the, league the second the... the second super bowl would have to be the eagles versus the patriots even though the patriots lost like that game was like a hundred some points a thousand some yeah. to combine our, like if you want a shootout that's what you want you know what i mean so right you know this one was kind of a all-around team performance you had some special teams go you know domination there mm-hmm. some defensive touchdowns so it was kind of just a, a very well-rounded game right and that's why i think it was yeah. pretty good but you know, if you're just going for for best Super Bowls of all time, those two definitely are, are ahead of this one. You know, so right. All right. So that said, we are jumping into our coaching roundup. Um, yesterday we talked about Sean Payton, why we like the trade, why we really like the move for the Denver Broncos. And if you can, if you're if you're listening, I still have a little bit of a cough, a little bit of a raspy voice. So I'm gonna try and make it through these podcasts, but. You know, got to do what you got to do. Um, but yeah, we got through Sean Payton yesterday. Today, we're going to be talking about Frank Reich signing with the Carolina Panthers. This one was a little bit out of left field for us. You know, I was really thinking that they were going to retain their their current GM or well, their current head coach. Um, what was his mm-hmm. name? Uh, Steve. Uh, Steve Wil- Wilkes. Steve Wilkes. That's right. So he's a defensive mm-hmm. guy. The fact that he got them one game away from from playoffs, I thought that did enough for him to you know, earn a second chance. That defense is dominant anyway. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it kind of just made sense. So that's why this, this hiring and you can talk your thoughts here in just one second, but this hiring was really odd to me because like this offense is a mess, man. They've got DJ Moore. That's really their only weapon on the offensive side of the ball. I know Mm -hmm. you got Deonta Foreman, you got um, Chuba Hubbard as a, a good tandem of running backs, but you could definitely use an upgrade there. 
their quarterback is Sam Darnold or nobody. I mean, it's probably going to be a rookie. <laughs> so probably, you know, you can use probably a good tight end. You need two wide receivers. You need a running back. You need a quarterback. The offensive line is, is got some promise, but it's got like two pieces out of five. So it's just like, it, this whole thing is a mess. So like, what is Frank Wright going to do for this team? I, I don't really understand. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think I would have much rather see Steve Wilkes in there. I think he more than earned it. And I think that's going to, I feel that's going to backfire on on uh, David Tepper a little bit no, with he, that. So go ahead. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. And, and and with Tepper, like he usually likes to go all in. And I think he was trying to get a splash, another another splash higher. I get with, it. Uh, Frank Wright. But I, I mean, I get that. Frank Wright has has been a head coach before, has experience, but so does Steve Wilkes. Like right. he coached a horrific Arizona Cardinals team with Josh Rosen, and I think he deserved another shot. Definitely, I, I feel over Frank Wright, who even even though Frank Wright was over five hundred, he never really he never really had a very consistent good offense as an Indy, where you see him as a good hire for a head coaching position in my opinion yeah that's the one thing like once frank wright got fired the talk really became oh he's gonna get hired somewhere like i can't believe they fired him and blah 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 but it's like frank wright never really lived up to what the billing was for him and you know he always had a lot of potential and it just it always came short and you know that was with the a decently stacked roster in India. And I know that they mm-hmm. never got the, the weapons that were necessary, but now you're in the same boat with, with Carolina. So it's like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't really expect much from this. You know, he's going to get probably three years of a leash. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably going to get a quarterback in this upcoming draft. They're going to, they're going to draft somebody at nine more than likely. They're going to take whoever falls mm-hmm. to them at that point. Yep. And you just got to kind of hope that, while they're developing this offense and hope, hopefully able to put something together on the field offensively, this defense can be held together and doesn't start to degrade. Cause you know, that's kind right. of what started to happen in Indy. You know, they had the offensive line an amazing offensive line. They were, they were competitive at least with Phillip rivers. You know, they tried to get Wentz didn't work out so well, but like all the while year after year, their weapons never really got better. The offensive line started to get older and started to degrade. The defense started to get older and started to degrade. So they just were never able to really keep it going. And whether that's a Ballard thing or that's a Reich thing, I don't really know, but yeah, they just need to do something. And yeah, I just, I, I'm not excited about this whatsoever. Um, you know, that's, it's just, what does it do for this, this division? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I think for Frank Wright though, that, that with him being the first ever offensive head head coach for the Panthers, I think that that was their, that that's what they wanted to kind of change up a little bit. Yeah. So, and, and it's, and, and it's really going to be his first time to develop a quarterback because they kept bringing in these veteran guys, you know, it, 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 it's after luck retired, you had Phillip Rivers, you had, it's, it's, they had it's Brissett, the yeah, they had a year of yeah, Brissett. Matt, yeah, so, I mean, I yeah. do feel kind of bad for Frank so, Wright because he got shafted yeah. in Indy. Like, he, just shafted. He, 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 he was really supposed to have Andrew Luck and just, yeah, complete dumpster fire there. But, so, let's talk real quick on the the weapons that they do have currently. So, 
all, you know, all signs point to them needing to completely retool this offense, right? We just talked about it. They need offensive line help still. They need a running back upgrade, but they might not do that right away. You know, they might be able to just kind of roll with Chuba and Deonta Foreman for a little while right now. Right. Um, DJ Moore is a good player. Uh, you know, it's, he's inconsistent, but what do we think about these weapons with Frank Reich in there? Let's assume that they get a rookie quarterback. Um, you know, kind of the odds on favorite is probably Anthony Richardson. Uh, they're at mm-hmm. nine. So let's assume that yeah. they get Anthony Richardson, who's more mobile. Um, it overcomes a little bit of those offensive line issues. He's not the most accurate quarterback yet. He's pretty raw and everything like that. We talked about him in our rookie breakdown, but you know, can he support someone like a DJ Moore to be a top tier wide receiver option with Frank Reich's scheme? Yeah, I'm gonna go with no. I don't think <laughs> DJ Moore's ever. I, I, I don't. I don't. I've lost faith in DJ Moore. I don't think he's ever gonna be. I mean, I feel he is the guy in Carolina, but I think he's similar along the lines of like Michael Pittman. I think he's. You know, I kind of feel he's. I mean, I, I don't. I wouldn't say they. They probably have a similar skill set. You know, I, I don't really watch a lot of DJ Moore. Um, but you know, I kind of feel their 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 roles are fairly similar in, in the offense. So um that's kind of what I expect him to be. So I don't really think he's gonna be, you know, a, a world beater by any means, but I think he's gonna be serviceable, but that's about it in this offense. You know, I don't really have much faith in their skill business uh their skill positions, you know, I think I think their wide receiver two would be LaVisca Chenault. And yeah. we've seen him be not being able to stay on the field. So he, he actually seems like someone that would be very interested in our in our Frank Reich yes. system. Um I definitely agree with you. Year four breakout for LaVisca Chenault. Yeah. So hopefully. looking at it right now, um, it looks like the Carolina Panthers, they have uh the number nine overall pick, pick number forty, so pretty high in the second round. Uh, another second rounder with pick number 62, um, a third rounder, fourth rounder, a couple fourth rounders and a fifth. So, you know, they have quite a few picks pretty early in this upcoming draft. Mm-hmm. I can see them, you know, really going heavy on weapons Offense. for, yeah, offensive yes. side. This defense is yes. good enough that you really don't need much there. That's the one nice mm-hmm. thing. So let's assume that they get Anthony Richardson at nine, um, someone like a Zay Flowers or... You know, one of these other guys, Keishon Butte at 40. You could even, yeah. again, you could go offensive lineman at 62. And then let's say they get someone uh, like an Israel Abaconda at 94. Then this offense is kind of cooking with gas. But again, you got a lot of youth right. there and it's kind of, it, it, yes. it makes you a little nervous. So, um, yeah, the Carolina Panthers, Frank Reich. I don't know if he does much for them right now. We really need to see what they do in the NFL draft and after free agency. If they can retool mm-hmm. this offensive line or if they can get someone like an Anthony Richardson, we could be talking. I think Frank Reich is creative enough that he'd be able to scheme someone like Anthony Richardson to fantasy success. But as of right now, there's nothing on this team that is exciting. With Sam Darnold at the quarterback, I don't care if Sam Darnold's been okay. Like DJ Moore is worthless right now. Um, yes, Chuba Hubbard, Deonta Foreman, maybe those guys are going to be okay still, uh, for fantasy football, but yeah, I, I just don't really have much promise with these guys with Frank Reich. 
Frank Reich is a decent coach. Don't get me wrong. He's had a, a pretty mm-hmm. rough streak so far. You know, I don't want to give yeah. him all the, I don't want to put all the blame on him for what happened in Indy, but, um, Definitely. you know, it's just, it, there's not a lot to work with right now. And especially if they're thinking about trading up for a quarterback, you know, there's a lot of rumors about them trading to one or um, three just to jump a couple guys that need quarterbacks. And it's like, mm-hmm. At that point, you're giving up more assets, and it's just it, it's very, very uh, nerve wracking. So, Frank Reich should be a good addition long term for this. I think maybe in year two, we're a little bit more excited about the weapons. But as of right now, in year one, I don't think he's going to do anything like a Sean Payton we talked about yesterday. I think Sean Payton's good enough that he's going to be able to save someone like Russell Wilson and a Jerry Judy and kind of make them fantasy yeah. relevant. Frank Reich is not going to have that that. Star, excuse me. Star power that uh, mm-hmm. that someone like Sean Payton does. So, um, yeah, that's the synopsis on Frank Reich. Do you have any last minute thoughts on him before we move on to this? A couple offensive coordinators. Nope. All right. Um, a couple of coordinators we're going to talk about here are going to be Brian Schottenheimer and Kellen Moore. So, just like yesterday, we talked about. Um, Matt LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett being kind of um, they're, they're linked, right? (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. the only reason that, that Nathaniel Hackett got hired with the jets is because Michael LaFleur got fired. Well, same thing here. Kellen Moore gets fired for Dallas. Uh, They had to put a fall guy, you know, put it on somebody. So Kellen Moore got blasted into the sun. Um, He gets picked up immediately by the Los Angeles chargers and he's replaced by Brian Schottenheimer. Now, let's talk about Kellen Moore first. So, Kellen Moore, he's very frustrating for me because people are very excited about Kellen Moore. And I don't love the I don't love him that much because, you know, you go back the last couple of years, ever since he became the offensive coordinator, I, I believe he became OC in 2019. The offenses have been very, very good, but they're very mm-hmm. run heavy, right? Um, you go back to 2019, they're number six in points. Like this is pretty average. They're, they're top 10 in points every single year. Um, they're pretty high in yardage for the team every single year plays, um, averages per and everything. But the problem is in key, key situations, they crumple so badly. Kellen Moore is unable to adjust properly to, when defenses are able to adjust to him. And and that's a big mm-hmm. problem. Um, the second problem I think that Kellen Moore has is he is not capable of scheming. Like, for fantasy football, it's terrible. Like, he cannot consistently feed guys, and that is a massive problem for fantasy football, right? He's had CeeDee Lamb, who is, by all accounts, a, an alpha wide receiver. Everything we've seen from CeeDee Lamb for, like, two years now is give this guy the ball, and he's going to do nasty things with it, right? This year, they finally were able to do that somewhat. Still kind of limited him more than I think was necessary. But it's just like, come on, you got to be able to feed your your number one guy the ball. And now he's going over to the Chargers. And, you know, they're probably moving on. All reports are that they're going to move on from Keenan Allen um, to save mm-hmm. some money, which means that they're going to have Mike Williams for three or five games, who knows? Uh, Austin right. Eckler should be good. That I mean, mm-hmm. Kellen Moore loves to run the ball. You know, you were, you were able to see what he could do with someone like Tony Pollard. I would say Austin Eckler is probably better than Tony Pollard, even yep. older and yep. everything like that. So 
Austin Eckler is going to be great, but what is the impact going to be on Justin Herbert? What is the impact going to be? They're probably going to bring in or draft another wide receiver um, on on Mike Williams or receiver number two. Are they going to be viable for fantasy? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I really think I really think Justin Herbert's going to be okay. I think he does have a rushing floor, which is going to you know obviously does help. Yes. Um, I kind of feel I kind of feel in Dallas for Kellen Moore. I feel I personally feel that Jerry Jones has a lot of pool in what players get the ball and how the game plan works. And I feel he really wanted Elliot and Pollard to get the ball more and not necessarily have it completely centralized around CD land, which I, you know, which, which we all know is, was a mistake and all that. So um, I kind of feel Kellen Moore is going to have a lot more creative freedom. And I feel that, I feel that the head coach is going to give them, give Kellen Moore more, more freedoms and not be such a, and not be so limited compared to in Dallas. So, you know, with Mike Williams, you know, kind of like what you said, if, if he's there, I think he's going to be fine. Um, I, I really expect Austin Eckler in the running backs to, to play a, a bigger role and, you know, in the screen game and, you know, in, in the running game as well, because, uh, because the chargers offensive line is pretty good. You know, like mm-hmm. it's not horrible. It's not, it's not good, but it's not bad. You know, it's I've, pretty I've, solid. It's very, they just need like yeah, yeah. one piece really the, the right. Yeah, tackle. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot more solid than, than what it was a couple of years ago. And, and, and I feel they're going to be, I feel they're going to be solid, but I mean, I, I, I do, I, I, I could see maybe a, a small step back from Justin Herbert, but I think he's going to be just fine. I think he's going to sling it. You know, I, I do expect him, them to be in a lot of shootouts like they were last year, you know, yeah. honestly. So it all depends so on the defense I, too, right? Cause yes, the one nice thing yes. for Dallas is their defense has been pretty good the last couple of years. It's not been, yes. This this year was really really good. This year and last year was it was very very good. Um, but the let you know before that it's been middle of the pack, not terrible, not elite. Right. But um, the the Chargers they've invested so much on that defense, and then they got wrecked by injury this year, just absolutely yes. ruined by injury. Yes. So um, if they can really step it up, maybe that kind of gives them more opportunities on the offensive side of the ball. But you know, that the one thing that worries me, so you know, going through Kellen Moore's game log, you know, they, they were very heavy in the past, right? Um his first year with the team, you know, tenth in, in total passing attempts in the entire NFL. Um, year number two, that's the year that uh Dak got injured. They were actually second that year, but I think that was the year that you know, they could not get any offense going. So they were constantly mm-hmm. behind. So they kind of had to throw yep. a lot more to keep up all the time. Um, yeah. Last year it w- they were six. Um, and then this year they go all the way down to 19th. They dropped off a cliff and I get it. Dak Prescott missed a few games there early on in the year, but man, it, that is just very, very worrying for fantasy football. And again, Kellen Moore might be just fine for real life football. Like he's not, he's not terrible. He's not great. Um, but for fantasy, I'm just very, very nervous for the weapons outside of Austin Eckler, you know, for Justin Herbert, for Mike Williams, for wide receiver number two, are they going to be able to consistently, you know, get these guys involved or is it going to be, you know, 
just everything through the through the run game in Austin Eckler. So that said, if you have Austin Eckler, I think it's going to be a great year, um, great year for him. So uh, definite buy there on Austin Eckler this offseason, even though he is another year older. Until they draft Bijan Robinson, it's full guns ahead with uh, with Austin Eckler. So conversely, though, we're going from. We're going from Kellen Moore, who, you know, definitely improved. His his usage of Lamb did give me a little bit more optimism for him this year. Mm-hmm. You know, they were fi- they were able to do it, but the problem with my annoyance was they didn't do it like every opportunity that they could. When CeeDee Lamb was like the only guy, they still weren't able to kind of get him as involved as I wanted them to, right? Um, but, you know, it was a little bit more predictable, things like that. The problem is you're now going from that to Brian Schottenheimer and Brian Schottenheimer is cheeks. He is one of the worst um, play callers in the NFL. So give me your quick thoughts on Brian Schottenheimer here. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's with Schottenheimer. You know, I, I, I think he was more, he was more known for not letting Russ cook um, in, 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 in those, in, in those Seattle Seahawks teams. So um, I think it's going to be a big downgrade for Dak and, you know, CD lamb, you know, um, I think they're going to be more run heavy. Um, well, probably not as run heavy, but I, I, I just see a downgrade. They will be very in, run in heavy. Very yeah. Yeah. Run yeah. Heavy. Yeah. It's, it's going to be very run heavy. Um, I worry about that for Zeke, you know, I, I mean, I love Zeke, but you know, he's kind of past his prime and then you have Pollard coming off of his injury. I mean, I mean, their third string running back looked looked good, which would have been Malik Davis um, looked good. But it's going to be interesting how much how much how much work he gets. So, you know, I I think I think Dak's I think Dak is a downgrade. I mean, I would try to sell Dak if if I could. Um, So I'm not super excited. I think it's a very interesting hire by, you know, Jerry Jones and the Jones family. Again, again, it's another interesting hire. So, yeah, it's kind of. I, I find it. Go yeah, ahead. I, I think. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you know he's wanting to win a Super Bowl, but he's hiring people that are got to go through Zeke, man. Got to go through Zeke. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. So yeah, so, so quick stats. The last time uh, Brian Schottenheimer was an OC was 2018 to 2020 with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, in 2018, the team ranked 32nd in pass attempts, 25th in passing yards. They were pretty high in, in average, you know, per uh, completion, but it's just not very good there. Um, Russ didn't have them, you know, they were sixth in, in team points that year, which is crazy. But when you look mm-hmm. at it, the rush yards, rush attempts, they were number one and number two right there in the entire league. Um, 2019, they go from 32nd to at least to 23rd um, in passing attempts, uh, 12th in passing yards, still pretty highly. You know, he's he is able to consistently scheme guys open, it looks like, you know, um, yeah. that they're able to produce after they get the ball in their hands, which is something that CeeDee Lamb is going to be very good for. Um, still very, very high, fourth uh, in rushing yards, third in rushing attempts. Um, in 2020, you know, his last year there, they actually jumped up pretty highly to 17th in passing attempts, 13th in passing yards. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first year of DK. DK had 1,300 yards as a rookie there, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
rushing average, you know, they kind of fell off a little bit, but that was the year that Carson got banged up a lot. Rashad Penny was banged up a lot as well. So, you know, they didn't really have that running back. Now, if they bring back Pollard, um, Pollard and Zeke will be very good for this system. But mm-hmm. the, the one nice thing, the one good thing is um, they are going to also have Mike McCarthy. And Mike McCarthy, say what you will about him. You know, I don't think he's the best coach. But the last time that he was a play caller was 2016, and that was for the Green Bay Packers. Now, that's Aaron Rodgers, so it's a little bit of a different story. But mm-hmm. that year, it's going to be very interesting to see how these two merge together because – that year, they were sixth in passing yards, fifth in passing attempts, which is very opposite of Brian Schottenheimer, right? So, you know, they were 20th in, in, in rushing yards, 29th in rushing attempts. So it's like these two are completely polar opposites in a coaching offensive system. So yeah. what are they going to be able to do when they come together? That's going to be the very interesting piece to me. So... You know, it does look like both of these guys are very successful, uh, like uh, at scheming up points, which is great, but they just do it in different ways. So um, Mike McCarthy, I think the the moral of the story is if Tony Pollard is back, he's going to be just fine for this team. Um, Zeke might be okay as kind of an RB2, 3 uh, like you mentioned, I think he's kind of well past his prime at this point in time. Yep. Um, I think Dalton Schultz is probably gone, so they're going to need a new tight end option. Maybe it'll be Michael Mayer. You know, maybe that's who they end up going in the first round, something like that. Or they get Mike Gusecki, like I've been calling for like a year now, um, which would be pretty g- decent there. But they need a tight end option. They need a wide receiver too. Michael Gallup might be a little bit better next year. He, he'll be a full year removed from the ACL tear. So. Um, yeah. maybe a little bit better production, but that team definitely just needs another weapon. Um, they need offensive line help. So, you know, the, I think that Tony Pollard is probably a buy right now. People are going to be very down on him. Um, you know, he's still going to be very highly valued because of what he was able to do this last year. But I think that he's mm-hmm. going to be able to return. Like, I think he's actually depressed right now compared to what his value is going to be going into next year. I think he's going to outproduce whatever you give up for him um, based on these two schemes kind of merged together. And I think CeeDee Lamb is going to be very good yet again. And I think that they're going to really focal, make, make him the focal point. Because, you know, if you think back to Mike McCarthy with the Packers, there was always one wide receiver that was just a beast. You know, whether it was Jordy Nelson or... Randall Cobb or, you know, Devontae Adams towards the end of his career, they really featured one guy. And, you know, Brian Schottenheimer kind of did the same thing over in Seattle. So um, all signs point towards CeeDee Lamb still being a dominant wide receiver. So I'm not panicking on him, but I do agree with you. I think Dak might be the the biggest loser for this entire Mm -hmm. Um, this entire shakeup off like coaching staff wise. So, you know, I think if you can move on from Dak for a good price, now would be a very, very good time. Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree. So yeah, it's just going to be interesting how, how, how the draft falls for Dallas. Cause I know in years past that Jerry's been very aggressive in getting his guys. And I think he wants to win a Super Bowl before he dies, which he's not going to maybe sooner. I know, I know that, and he's he's like eighty seven years old or something like that. He's, yeah. So it's 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 going to be interesting how how they 
how they go towards the draft this year. Sorry, I'm just blowing my nose on stream here. This man, don't ever have kids if you can't handle getting sick all the time. It's yeah, the worst. The it time. is the yes. worst. Um, so yeah, no, I, I agree with you. So uh that's pretty much it for these two offensive coordinators. Let us know your thoughts in the comments um over on Twitter while you're listening. If you could just like, comment, subscribe to the video wherever you're listening. Uh, we're trying to keep these a little bit shorter. You know, I know yesterday we went a little bit longer um, with Sean Payton, but I think that Sean Payton has a little bit more of an impact on that whole team. You know, there's a lot of negativity around the Denver Broncos, so we really had to give a lot more insight into that yesterday. So, um, like I said, if you can, just leave a comment, subscription, whatever it is. Just help with the the podcast and the algorithm and all that stuff. Um, we appreciate you guys. Follow us over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin. You can follow Dale on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dale. Dale, any last thoughts before we get out of here? Nope. All yep. right. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good night.